calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. And now, a special edition of the Toddcast podcast. By the way, I think that uh, you and I, have you ever been down to Fox and uh, hanging out for the Punkorama when Marianne Carosi? Yeah. Because yeah. I used to do the show right after her for years. Mm -hmm. I did a, the, the, the afternoon show on Fox for 12. So I think, that, <laughs> I think that when I was doing the evening show, because I would stay there and I would opt the board for Marianne. Mm -hmm. And I did that for years. And I think that you were by a couple times, uh, you know, like Billy, Billy hopeless, of course, was, was down there co-hosting and, and whatnot. And so it's, uh, it's good to get you on the first time for the talk cast podcast. I'm a longtime fan of the band, dude. I've seen you many times. <clears throat> I'm right on. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course you have. Yeah. And, uh, before we were, uh, getting the video ready here, you were, you were mentioning tough times for bands right now, man. Like what? what's what are you thinking like what's your game plan for the next even a year without knowing yeah you know what i mean it's, it's, it's hard well, to even go a couple years and and normally a band like you guys would be prepared a couple years in advance would you not yeah but <clears throat> we don't know i mean the last um tour we were supposed to tour canada u.s and europe and come back with a nice chunk of change I ended up coming back with 300 bucks and we got shut down in Edmonton. So that's so what you, mean, you, you, you were, you were told the, the bad news in Edmonton, you guys are done. Yeah. I didn't even believe it wow. at first, but it turned out that the whole pandemic thing was a lot more serious than I had imagined. You know, I thought we were just going to keep going. Yeah, honestly, same. I mean, I, I, I throw shows locally at the railway and, uh, you know, I thought that it might be a few months or, or whatever. And they kind of thought the same thing. And, uh, <laughs> and, and honestly, like, I, I don't know when I'm going to be able to throw any podcast shows in the next, you know, like hundred <clears throat> plus gatherings. Who, when's that happening? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no idea. What, like when's thousand person, when's like, when, when will we see like a 10,000 you know, Rogers Arena show. Who knows? You know, quite seriously, I've sort of lost my identity. <laughs> Not having um, had done those tours and all that. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> the last three or four tours have been um, pretty much hell for me. I had, um, I had, you know, the band The Core? Yeah, I've heard of them. <clears throat> okay, well, they used to be my band. Oh, okay. Well, that's probably why I've heard of them. Yeah. And um, so we were in the middle of a tour, and they all just decided one day to quit and go home. And wow. even worse than that, the bass player came back here and canceled all our festival shows. Because what I did, I went back to Berlin and had another band in 72 hours. Wow! So, this was like out, out of the blue. They they dropped that yeah. news on you. Yeah. And um, so then I come back here after finishing that tour, 
and I'm going to do an American leg. And I have my suspicions about this, but I can't prove anything. But anyway, um, I rented $10,000 worth of gear, you know, two 412s and two Marshall heads and an SVT mm-hmm. for the tour. And um, <clears throat> I'm getting all ready to go down to Seattle on the day. And I get a call from the cops. And someone had stolen the van and the trailer, clipped the lock, and took all the gear. That is the worst, and it happens all the time. Yeah, ten thousand bucks worth of gear. But what? I mean, where does it go? Or do they do they ship it off to Japan or somewhere? Because yeah, it's probably going to local pawn shops, maybe. But even then, if it went to local pawn shops, I would had all that covered. They'll find them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they still had the tags on them. <clears throat> they were brand new. Wow. So what I did was, instead of being dead in the water, I uh, went down and got another trailer and went along the McQuaid and had to buy the gear so that they could rent me some more. So that was interesting. <laughs> and did Long and McQuaid give you a screaming deal? or No. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, but they're going to make money too. Yeah. And then, um, you know, this that's last... A story, but that's a story, Paul, that everybody could have rallied behind. They could have made it something bigger than the dollars. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, this, the publicity alone for a band like the fucking Real McKenzie's and Paul McKenzie, give me a break, man. Locally, people would rally around that. <clears throat> well, I wasn't here. I was in America. Oh, well, still, the story remains, I suppose. But, dude, that's shit luck, man. Well, I don't even know if it's luck because for some reason when we were in Europe, the tires on that van got slashed twice. Wow. So it's obviously some disgruntled individual. And um, But like I say, I can't prove anything. Well, no, how can you unless you catch him in the act? <laughs> yeah. And so um, then I went to Natton, Alberta and did our latest album, which is yet to be released. In Natton? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my gran- uh, my uh, grandparents uh, used to live there back in the day. <laughs> About, really? Yeah, yeah I like it there. 80s. Crab Apple Down Studios with Steve Laurie. Okay. <clears throat> but anyway, and then um, so I was all, you know, getting over that, all that other harsh stuff. <laughs> and uh, then this happens. And so, so what are you guys doing to combat that? Is there like a game plan? Are you going to be doing, I don't know, like what is the next step for bands that want to still play? And like, is it is it a matter of like doing those streaming shows and, you know, you can't do too many of those because, you know, if you do too many shows, in yeah, theater, it's it's come, you know what I mean? Like you can't do too many, like right? So yeah. What's the combat of that? I really don't know. What's your team really saying? What's your, what's your label saying? What's like, what's uh, your release in the record, which is an awesome name, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Beer and loathing. Yeah, it'll be released on fat in America and stomped in Canada. That's right. On July 3rd. So right. clearly there's a game plan in that regard. Like they want to get the music out and stuff, but how, like, what's the next step of being in a band? Like, what do you do now? Yeah, I really wish I knew. Yeah, there has to be some sort of alternative. Something. Mm-hmm. Like I, I heard that long. Did you hear this? Long and McQuaid had a te- or not Long McQuaid, uh, Live Nation had tossed around, uh, you know, doing like drive-in theater shows kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about that? Where you like you'd be in a car and the band would be playing on stage and, you know, whatever you you can tune into the FM radio and 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 pick up the board feed or however they would magically do that. <coughs> yeah. What do you think of that idea? Like, would you go to one of those shows? It's a great idea. What a way to practice social distancing. But um, I don't know about the reality of it at this point in time, unfortunately, because there are no more drive-ins. <laughs> I guess we can make some. We'd have to, yeah, exactly. They'd have to make something, but yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's uh, yeah, it's a tricky, tricky time to be in, man. And you know, as much as we can help you here at the Toddcast, you know, we're gonna we're to pump this interview pretty hard and, and the release of the record and, um, 
nothing but the best, man. I, I want to go back, Paul, to the beginning. I want to I go back before you're in, in any bands, like any bands. The okay. music in your house as a kid, what's, what are your parents playing? <clears throat> well, my sister was born in 1944, <clears throat> and she was uh, sort of beatnik type so we were listening to a lot of <coughs> a lot of miles davis oh. a lot of john coltrane <coughs> excuse me a lot of john coltrane <coughs> a lot of um a lot of those jazz musicians she was really big on that stuff mm. but she also got into captain beefheart okay yeah <coughs> and um she liked the Beatles and the Stones and all that too. So, we, this is what I listened to as a kid. W would you equate her as the person to really, you know, kind of get you down that path that you've traveled? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most certainly. That's that's pretty awesome. My first, what is she my first now? exposure to to music? But then, um, on the other hand, <clears throat> my mother was a classical musician. So, oh, we always had, you know, the the classics. Let's <clears throat> see. I was um, I'm a big uh, Beethoven fan. I love Mozart. Okay, interesting. <clears throat> um, I I uh, I have never ever had anybody talk about classic composers like that. Uh, <clears throat> and dude, I've asked. And I and I, I agree. I love that stuff. I think it's, you know, it's incredible what they were doing at for yeah. the time, right? But, Freaky. Freaky. Yeah, it's good. it's. I mean, it's amazing, right? Like, what didn't wasn't wasn't uh, Beethoven partially deaf or something like that? Yeah. Or, or he had he had made like a, an obscene amount of music by the time he was like five or six at, at most or something like that. Yep. Like just mind blowing. Savants, really? I get like that that's the word, right? They're savants. Yeah. They it's just like it's in them and holy shit, sit them in front of a piano and fucking watch them fly. Yeah. <clears throat> but John, near the end of his career, he uh was losing his hearing. Wow, that's and, it was, uh, and, and so he would be able to play that, I guess, just by like the hum and the vibration of his body and the yeah. keys or something, right? Mm hmm Um I think he had a virus as a kid. And it slowly diminished his hearing as time went by. Right. Probably something that's curable today, but not then. Yeah. Probably something like that. Mm -hmm. Are you a big uh, Canucks fan? Are you dying for hockey or what? I'm, I'm not really a sports fan. Not, not a big sports fan? It's all, all music? <clears throat> Let's see. What, what sports do I like? Oh, you like, I you like, like watching uh, MMA fights, uh, UFC, and all that. No, no. I like trialing. You like which? Sorry, trialing. Trialing. Yeah. What's that? Well, <clears throat> it's really big on Salt Spring Island. As a matter of fact, a lot of people come from all over the world to compete there. And what it is is you have. Um, your little border collie, and you whistle it, and it chases the, <coughs> the sheep around, oh. and puts them puts them in a pan, and makes them go around <coughs> fences and that. But it's a really intense communication between the owner and the dog, and it's really really quite interesting. And that's called trialing. I, yeah. I, think I've, I think I've seen it on TV and. Yeah. Like they're just, it's, it's almost like they're one person. They're just dialed together. Yeah. And the females do better because they don't scare the sheep as much. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. so do, you, do you like the, uh, the dog races at the, the P and E then? The dog sound races. Yeah. Or whatever. Like they just, they have these random dogs racing and it's just, uh, I can't remember what the hell it's called, but it's like, I go every year cause my kids love it. Right. They just, you know, if we don't go, it's not a, it's not the full P and E experience. If you don't go see uh -huh. these dogs ripping well, around, I'll probably enjoy that. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's pretty fun. Yeah. So, with with the record coming out, 
I think we've already established that it's an odd time to you know release a record. Mm-hmm. Do the are they getting easier for you guys to write? That all depends on who's in the band. You know, I like everybody to contribute something. You know, um, I've heard bands that have a singular writer, and the music gets really redundant. You know, so I like a little variety. And, and, and I've heard uh, it's always really good, in, like for your writing to grow. Also, is to like work with other people and work with you know people that you admire and yeah. respect and all that. But like work with people, and, and it gets you in different directions. Than you know, what do you think of? Yeah, it gives the band a, a sense of uh, team work and stuff instead of just being hired guns. You know, so I've always liked that. Yeah, I've always um, liked to sit around a table and throw ideas <clears throat> and expand on ideas, and it's it seems to work. Well, it's like the uh, the old adage of like, you know, there's not a bad question, there's not a bad idea. Yeah, you know, it it might not work, but you know, at least get that creative flow right, like that. Thing yeah, thing. and we keep all the best stuff and yeah. like the other stuff on the back burner. Yeah, yeah, so to speak. But quite, quite often, we've um, we've revamped old ideas and put them on later records. Oh, is that right? Okay, give us an example of, of when you did that. Give us like an example of a song where. Oh, let's see. Um, well, Nessie is one of them. Oh, we, really? We, okay. We, we, we recorded that one. And uh, what, what would be another one? <clears throat> There's been a lot of water under the bridge, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Um, as there, I, mean, I think that I almost that's like a badge of honor for bands, you know. Like, I've talked to so many 500, 6,000, uh, I don't know, I don't know how many bands, like a lot of bands through you know, this six years of podcasting, probably 500 mm-hmm. there. And then, uh, you know, I did the the rock report at Fox, which was like every day, and all of the interviews were on that show. And, uh, you know, I, I feel that most bands kind of certainly would be empathetic with you they all they all this like it, it's a relationship it's not just like let's go fuck around and make some songs and have fun boys it's like you know you got to deal with this guy that doesn't quite you know play nice with the people at the venue or has bad body odor or you know what i mean like it's yeah it's not just a band it's like and then there's the dilemma of um hiring a good player who is not necessarily a good person. You know what I mean? I mean, I've been uh, over barrels. Like, oh my God, we're going on tour and we don't have a guitar player. And so I saddle for a player and sometimes it doesn't work out personally. Right. And then that's just a matter of like, bite your tongue or whatever. Yeah, but always, always, um, except for lately, we always waited until the tour was over or the record was over or something before people just quit. Yeah. I've never heard of that before. You know, we've always had, you know, sort of a code of honor to finish what you started, which is why the, you know, the core is so shocking to me. But apparently, um, I can't really confirm this. They were going to do a record with Bat Mike. And because of what they did, Mike didn't want anything to do with them. Because, you know, what were they going to do? Go go down and do half an album? (laughs) Or something? I don't know. But it's... um, Where does Mike find the time to do all the shit that he does? It's fucking insane. Yeah. Like, well, he's independently wealthy. That's how he doesn't have to work. Right. Yeah, because he. he, he I mean, he doesn't have to so work a straight job. And you know, no effects probably makes a chunk of change and stuff. Yeah, I would think so. Well. Yeah. 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 Hey, what was your uh, what was your first concert that you went to? <clears throat> oh, um, the Tubes White Punk Condo. Where was that? 
That was at the gardens. Wow. First show at the gardens. Yeah, we had to uh, sneak in because we were too young. <laughs> nice. But what a show. That's great, I bet. What did that do to you? Like, Do you think that that helped also? We were mentioning that your sister was probably the first person to kind of like, you know, steer you down that way. Seeing a show well, like in that, terms like, of um, uh, creating a spectacle on stage, it helped a lot. Yeah. Because that whole, like, it was like a, a rock and roll Las Vegas show. It, it, they really put a lot of effort into costumes and presentation and <coughs> little skits, things like that. And how old were you then? Uh, let's see, I would have been 13. <laughs> yeah, man. So your, your mind's blown. Boom. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Right. And then um, <clears throat> I remember when I was 12, I snuck into the cave to see Count Basie. Okay. <clears throat> but I got caught. No, did um, you? <laughs> yeah, I was, I, was <laughs> I was hiding under a table because <laughs> I, was, I was a tiny kid. Nice. You know, I didn't. I didn't really grow up. I mean, when I was that age, I looked like I was about eight or yeah. nine. You know, so but yeah. you know, we uh, we yeah. zipped in and got to see, you know, a few songs, which was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, because I mean, you know, at that age, you're so impressionable, and that's bound mm -hmm. to make just a a massive, you know, impression in in your head right oh yeah like what a band i bet yeah just wow. uh, pretty incredible yeah um i've seen tons and tons and tons of bands you know being uh oh i bet especially especially in the uh the independent music scene here in vancouver yeah and then <clears throat> touring with uh touring from coast to coast meeting a lot of bands what have been some of the best uh, tours that you've you know been on with bands and stuff like for camaraderie and and just the shows and just overall um personality crisis was one of them i really liked those guys at the time um there's another one oh, Ray, currently reagan cowboys okay they're a bunch of good guys. Mm -hmm. um, the Dreadnoughts, we got along well with them. Um, Junior Gone Wild, going back a few years. Yeah. Um, the Doughboys out of Montreal. Yeah, I remember those guys. Yeah, they were they were nice fellows. Um, like, do you find that that just punk in in general is, you know, it's just, they're just nice people. Yeah. <clears throat> and currently, um, well, a little while ago, we, we uh, played with a band, a snob band called The Boyds. Okay. They were, they're nice fellas. The Boyds. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, good band, too. Really good. Mm -hmm. And what was the name of that other band? That they're a psychobilly band out of Stomp Records. They used to wear eye white things. But uh, they stopped working. Oh, what were they called again? I'm not sure. Huh. It'll come to me. Yeah, it's <clears> definitely a bell. Yeah. What are, you, what are you binging on right now, dude, for uh, for shows and stuff? Obviously, lots of time on our hands these last couple of months. Too much. I was expecting to go to, go to work after the tour as a saving show, but it didn't happen. All, all the companies that I used to work for folded up so it's been pretty uh pretty bleak and you know i'm not really getting out much so i'm reading a lot what are you reading right now um it's a book called a distant mirror by barbara tookman a distant mirror yeah it's What's it's about the about? tumultuous 13th century 
Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It really is. From I mean, what perspective? Um, well, the way that she she compiled a lot of historical information, and as she was doing so, this one guy's name kept on coming up all the time. So she kind of centered on him. And, um, and where is he on the hierarchy? Like, is he a peasant? Is he a, you know what I mean? He's like a... Yeah, he was a French nobleman. Okay. But it goes into the schisms and all that. And, <clears throat> you know, the people of Western Europe wanted to bring God closer to them, so they hired their own pope. And at one time, there were seven popes. No way, really? Yeah. Is this, is this fact based yeah wow yeah. it's it's okay. it's all fact wow, it's okay. but she wrote the guns of august and she won a pulitzer prize for that one okay and a few other ones as well i like reading history <laughs> yeah i'm fascinated by that stuff as well it's, mm -hmm. hard, it's hard not to be right yeah and um especially scottish history uh, it gives us lots of material to, to write. Like, there's a song that we have on the latest album called Overtune Bridge. Mm -hmm. And it's this ancient granite bridge. And for some reason, nobody knows why, <clears throat> um, something like 100 dogs have committed suicide by jumping off the bridge. And nobody knows why. Weird. Yeah. Look it up. Overton Bridge. I wonder what that is. I I don't know. Not having had been there, I haven't checked out the lay of the land. <clears throat> Maybe it's some strange scent or something that is irresistible to them or something. I'm not sure. Wow. Yeah. And we've also... <clears throat> Got some Canadiana, of course, lots of it, which is pretty cool, I think, because um, <clears throat> people from around the world enjoy listening to that stuff from <clears throat> the far off <clears throat> land of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> totally right. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Instead of the, instead of the, uh, the run-of-the-mill European stuff. <laughs> yeah if you will but um yeah we're uh so more reading than uh than television is what i'm picking up here i don't watch tv oh, you don't watch tv at all no no, no movies no hmm. interesting so okay so that's all very cerebral then <clears throat> yeah it's um there's not really much of a, a format for me on the television. <clears throat> and I'm sure the stuff that uh, that would interest or pique your pique your interest would be like the news and stuff, and then that's very starts to get very political. And I'd sooner get my news from other sources than the television. Is that right? Where do you where do you get your news from? Well, I have this phone, <clears throat> so you know there's. Um, there's lots of different outlets to uh, to read about current events around the world. And w which sites are you going to? Well, um, Yahoo is one of them. And uh, <clears throat> Vice is another one. They've got some good documentaries. Vice is great. Did, have you ever read? Give me a sec here. You ever read these books from Vice? <clears throat> no. I'll this is like, dude, I, 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 we live in the same city. I'll have to lend this to you, and uh, I'll, I'll get it in your hands. Dude, you're going to laugh your ass off. Some of the funniest writing oh, cool. in, in this book right here, man. It's hilarious. <clears throat> I'll trade you one. Sure. I'm down, man. I love Vice. One of my favorites uh, for as long as I can remember it. Felt like, you know, that they were, I don't know, like not f fucking with you. They, they didn't feel like they were lying. They were just, mm -hmm. you know, <clears throat> but telling still you the way it is. Right. Like, here's what's happening. 
which is kind of cool. Which is very cool, man. You don't get that enough. You yeah. don't get that enough for sure. Um, I have an, an oddball question. I, I like to ask my, uh, my guests, Paul. And you can tell me to take a hike or whatever. Well, I'm good at oddball questions. <laughs> good. Um, do you think that aliens have visited Earth? Of course. Of course they have. I think so too. There's proof all over the place. <coughs> maybe you, yeah. maybe you should write this name down. It's a book called Fingerprints of the Gods. And when this guy first wrote this book, everyone thought he was a crackpot. And now they're all, <clears throat> they're all turning to him for advice and stuff like that. Fingerprint of the gods. Fingerprint, fingerprints of the gods. Okay. Uh, if you I like that kind that of the, stuff, you'll love it. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, I, I'm not, I mean, I, I guess I am super inter interested uh, as I ask pretty much all my guests, but I don't, wouldn't consider myself a fanatic. I just think that, um, you know, <coughs> how could the they not have, how could they not have visited? There's enough, uh, you know, video footage and the government's outright said, yes, so there has been UFOs and, you know, area 51 and trying to hide shit. And, and just, all, there's so many things that lead to like, how could they not have been here? Like to the point where I think that, uh, you know, they, they probably live among us, man. And we just well, never know. Um, there are um, lots of interesting coincidences. Take, for example, um, we didn't go supersonic until after 1947. And they, they, they just couldn't muster the... Um, the technology to do that but after 1947 boom there they were right but there's another really interesting like i won't bore you too much with it but a lot of people think that the earth spins evenly but it doesn't it warbles sort of like a, a top slowing down right ever so thing. slightly yeah and um way back in the day when they first built the pyramids i mean they said that the pyramids are tombs they're not fucking tombs they have um all kinds of things like why would they put mica and granite on the floor of a tomb we're talking electricity. They wanted to look real nice, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, there's a, a shaft in the Great Pyramid, and no one could figure out what that was. What is that? Where they, you know, they rolled their papyrus down or whatever. But what this guy's figured out is, at the time of the pyramids, that shaft looked right out to Cirrus. Yeah, just another little interesting thing. Um, and isn't it like along the same, there's like historical landmarks along the same exact line? Around yeah. The, like how, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, it's, without. It's an, it's an interesting topic to get into for sure. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, we, we couldn't do that now. No, of course not. So how the fuck did they do it? Right. And like. <laughs> Look how big those pyramids are. Massive. Mm -hmm. They're massive. Yeah. For people to do that. I was, I was yeah. really impressed. Yeah. Um, but there's I've never also been, man. I'd love to go. What, what did you, how long were you there for? Oh, just, I just zipped over. Mm. <clears throat> I had a few days off, and so I just flew over. Because I wanted to see them. Yeah, it's, yeah, dude, of course. I mean, that's got to be one of the best things about your career, right, is mm -hmm. going to those yeah, places and seeing things like, you know, most people don't see probably an eighth, a tenth, a twentieth of what you've seen. Yeah, we, we got around. Yeah. We certainly did. <clears throat> and uh, also, having had the management that we have, they're also interested in historical monuments and things like that. So it was, um, 
it was sort of a prerequisite to go and visit. But you know, there's another group of pyramids. The Mayan pyramids are also very, very interesting. I've been to those. <clears throat> yeah, and they say that all those avenues used to be filled with water. So I can just, you know, you can just picture what it looked like mm -hmm. back in the day with a bunch of water and lush vegetation and stuff like that. No kidding, right? Like it, it looks it just it's bumping down the staircase. <laughs> yeah, like just looks like a place <laughs> you'd want to live, right? Yeah. Nice man. But um what was another oh a very interesting thing happened to me in Tasmania. <clears throat> we played a show there and I went off and partied with these crazy artists. I ended up being exactly 10 minutes late from showing up at the hotel, 10 minutes late for catching a cab, and 10 minutes late for catching the plane out of there. And I had nothing. No passport, no nothing. Oh, <clears throat> so I was going to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to call these guys up and see if I can get a job. No shit. And um, a police woman came up to me and says, are you Paul McKenzie? And here I am, kilted and everything, sporting and Glenn Gary and all that. And I says, yeah. And she says, your manager is on the phone, and we want you off our island. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, so I, I want to go. <laughs> yeah. They put me on a plane with no passport, no money, <clears throat> nothing. Wow. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Must be must be fun to kind of think back to those uh you know, those times. Could you could you think you could nail it down to like one career highlight, like the the big no. one? I, it's <coughs> no, hard, right? It would be really difficult. I'd have to review over the years. But wait a minute. Playing um really old castles or that's that's really fun old vaulted ceilings and stuff and um that's pretty cool <clears throat> every time we're en route to another place and there's a castle we always stop and uh so you know in terms of uh you know being a history buff that's always a high point yeah i bet what what how long do you think you will continue to make music and tour and you know let's assume that things get back to normal within a whatever a year or two <coughs> or normal are you thinking well, I'm still of retirement are you are you are you like i'm, nah. I'm just gonna go until i'm 80 90 like just keep going until, until they plant me right <clears throat> yeah i'm not gonna stop no I, what I, would i do i find it funny not funny but for lack of better phrasing i find it funny when when bands do hang it up, like if you can physically yeah. still do it, why wouldn't you just continue to do it? Like, don't you love it still? Like, doesn't it drive yeah. you still? Well, you know, a lot of people are just in it for the money. Yeah. And once they've made their money, they get into other stuff. But what's enough money though? You think <clears throat> like if they were to, if they were to say to you, Paul, we've got uh, 5 million tomorrow, you know, we just want you to, you know, enjoy the rest of your life. Five million? Uh, That'd be great. <laughs> that would be fucking pretty awesome. I could easily do it. <laughs> Five mil, yeah. I think I, I think if they were to say, you know, I'm almost fifty, so I've got probably thirty more, forty more years, maybe. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of two million, pay off my place and give me two million. Easy. Easy. I don't, you know, how I'm much money, how much money do you month. make o over the course of your lifetime, you know? Mm -hmm. That all depends. I mean, I've had some pretty hot jobs. Right. In my, um, <clears throat> back in my TT Racer days, I was printing, and that was back in the 90s. And I was pulling in 45 bucks an hour. No way. That, really. was, that was okay. Yeah. No, I'm lucky if I can muster twenty bucks an hour. 
Damn. But you know, my rent is cheap. Oh, that's I have good. A wow. Cheap car. How, how do you have cheap rent in Vancouver, dude? <coughs> Lucky. Yeah. Your your Very landlord lucky. must be uh, super <laughs> super nice. Is that you know? I I live in an eleven by eleven room. Eleven by eleven room, like just one room. It's a bachelor. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I have access to a kitchen and bathroom and that. Right. Sure. But your shit's in an eleven by eleven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's inexpensive. Right, and, and, you know, especially when I was planning on <clears throat> being away on tour. That's what I was just going to say. And for your case, like, you know, what else? Do you, what more do you need? At yeah. that point, it's like, ah, I don't really need anything besides a room just to keep my stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, I hope that um, I hope that the industry turns around for you know not only the real yeah. Mackenzies, man, but for everybody. Like yeah. venues are shutting down and bands are breaking up and <coughs> and um fucking crazy. Um management is drying up. Wow. You know, they can't afford to continue. So yeah, it's all changing. Brave yeah, new world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a interesting time. Have you ever read Or Orwell and Huxley? Pardon me? Have you you've read Orwell? Uh, well, and Huxley? I, no. Um, 1984 and Brave New World. Well, 1984, I've read. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Brave New World is Aldo Huxley. Okay. And those guys used to work for MI5 during World War II, and they wrote those books as a warning to us. Now. Saw what was coming. <laughs> Yeah, there's another funny, interesting story I heard about them. <clears throat> they were at a, a literary party, and uh, there was this guy that used to write really bad pornography. And as a joke, they suggested that he start writing children's books. You know who that was? Dr. Seuss. I was just going to say, please tell me it's not Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Yeah, but if you really sort of read his stuff, you could you could imagine it being bad porn. Yeah, wow, that might put a new spin on any Seuss I read from now on. Oh yeah, it will. Yeah, but anyway, the world is full of all kinds of little tidbits of information that you know I I like to talk about stuff, but um. In terms of um, a brave new world, if you will, it's, um, I think pe what people might do is kind of freak out <clears throat> once this whole pandemic thing pans out. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, they might uh, really be a lot more supportive. And yeah, I mean, uh, we'll have is, to see. You've got the, you've got the pandemic, got the, the protests. The riots. Yeah. You know, everything is just like, it's just coming full steam. Yeah. It's, um, it's well, it's kind of interesting too, <clears throat> although we'll have to fathom through it. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a harsh, harsh thing. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Those cops had better just take a fucking powder. All of them, you know, absolute power corrupts, and that's exactly what's happening. Oh yeah, and I, I think that people are starting to, you know, reluctantly realize that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I don't trust the police. I haven't trusted the police for decades. As a matter of fact. I was raised not to trust the police. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Mm hmm I mean, you know, like, tolerate them, but don't fucking trust them. Yeah, no, I was, I was raised to, you know, that cops are good, and, but, uh, you know, like I said, I'm almost well, 50 now, so... I, I would imagine that. that there are some really cool oh, cops. Yeah, I, I think that there's probably, like, any 
profession, Paul. Like I think that there's good things in, in anywhere you look, but in a job like that, where you're so trusted Mm -hmm. word, you know, um, there's, uh, there's another reason, you know, you get these cops that have been on the field, out in the field far too long. They should be rotated to a desk job after a few years. You know, I think that that would be a really good idea instead of having them out on the front line for so long, it probably drives them crazy. Well, I wonder, I wonder what will come of the whole defund the police, um, not movement, but you know, it's, people are talking mm. about it. I wonder what will come of that. Yeah. I wonder too, because crooks will run rampant, you know, Anything that's not nailed down, <laughs> no cops. Let's go. Yeah, dude. I, those those first few nights were pretty pretty scary. It reminded me of the the Rodney King, mm-hmm. uh, you know, back in the nineties or whatever that was. <clears throat> yeah, it was ninety two. Right. I know I was there. You were. Yeah. <clears throat> it was interesting to see the Korean guys on the their roots with their AK-47s ready to defend. Like, where did they get AK-47s? And aren't those illegal? But, yeah, there was a lot of of stuff. I was also in Los Angeles uh, during 9-11. It was really eerie. Mm. And um, I had just poured a pad for a friend of mine with you know, the conduits and the drainage and <clears throat> everything vaulted and stuff. And in return, he gave me a 1963 Austin Healey Sprite. Fair trade. And it was a brand new motor. Wow. So the rings weren't even broken in yet, and I was driving around. I got pulled over on Sunset Boulevard by um, a bunch of young girl cops saying, like, you know, we have... um emission ordinance here and your car is burning oil i said yeah it's got a brand new motor though and it takes a little while for the rings to break in and this cop says um well you should put it in the garage and have a proper exhaust system put on it for until the break-in period which is ridiculous Mm. but then they looked at my license and they said, oh, you're not from here. Says, nope. They get on the radio, gave me two weeks to vacate the country. Wow. And so, so I did. Damn car. It was a blast while it lasted. Yeah, I drove that little car up from California. Everyone wow. said, you won't make it, but I did. But, but that was fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And so it started to break in around Reading. Okay. I started opening it up slowly to literally break it in. You know, the way you're supposed to do that. Yep. And, um, yeah, by the time I got to Portland, it was running like a top. Cool. Yeah. Really nice little car. Yeah. Well, Paul, I should probably uh, uh, wrap this up. Where Where is the best place for people to you know interact with your band i don't know um i know that there are some people that are on the internet <laughs> and they see a bunch of stuff i guess um will mckenzie's webpage on youtube yeah um but i have some friends who have heard some songs from the new album and i haven't heard any yet oh <laughs> How does how does that ha- hold up? How does that happen? How does how do, how do people, well, your friends here or the guy? I think I'm a bit of a luddite, is what it is. I mean, in t- um, I, I guess I could check, but I just for some reason, I mean, I have my working CD here, so I just listen to that one. Right. Oh, which is close enough, I'm sure. Oh yeah, it'll all work out. I love it when bands are like, "Oh, dude!" But keep in mind, it's it's just it's only it hasn't been mixed and mastered. It's like my my ears aren't. I'm not Mike Fraser. Like I'm not I'm not a pro. I, 
I won't hear that difference, man. Don't worry about it. Just give me the disc and I'll hear the, I'll, I won't be able to differentiate. You know? Well, there's, there's um, something to be said for raw recordings. You know, I remember I used to buy a bunch of bootleg albums and they were raw. But, um, you know, but to, you still to, love the songs. Like, you know, it's not yeah. like, oh, well, I, geez, I wish they sounded better. It's like, no, the, like if it, if the song is good, it doesn't matter how shitty it is. It could be like eight generations of like, you dubbed it off a cassette to a cassette to a cassette. Like who <laughs> yeah. fucking cares? It still is a good song because it's a good song. Not because of how good it sounds. <clears throat> yeah. In your ear hole. But a lot of the people nowadays like the bells and whistles, but you know, there's one thing, the, um, the CD format, it's a, it's a square wave, right? A digital wave. It's not as warm as what you get off. It's of not the- as warm as the albums. <clears throat> and this is why I always insist and, yeah. that Fat Mike and Fat Records release albums as well for yeah. those of us who enjoy that. Because it's a nice, round, warm wave. And on the square, um, this is what Deutsche Gramophon Got my my album piles uh, right here. Cool. Deutsche Gramophone never stopped making records because the oboes and the flutes, those those corners, those frequencies don't really exist in real life. Right. So you're like so hacking too, off parts of waves. Yes, too to, bright. To make it conform to like, it's like that. It's not what it sounds like. No, not at all. Not by any means. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, I still have. Actually, my ex-wife took all my records, so I'll have to start collecting again. Yeah, sounds like you got a hobby to restart there, bud. Yeah. Alrighty, well, thanks for right. talking. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.